welcome to the Wire to Wire podcast. As always, it's me, your host Yusuf. For this episode, I'm joined by my regular guests, Jordan and Zazu. Now we have a fun episode for you guys. So without further ado, let's just get right to it. Jordan, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me again. You know, I want to have this conversation with you because a lot, a lot has happened since our last conversation. Yeah, and you've been, you know, you've been texting me, trolling me a little bit mm-hmm. about LeBron being a Space Jam GM. So, right. Let's start. Let, let's start with that. Like, what do you think of these moves? So where we left off was it was only uh, Westbrook. It was only Westbrook, and then from then they added Carmelo Anthony, Trevor Ariza, uh, Wayne Ellington. Dwight Howard is back at, on the Lakers. Who else is there? Yeah, they re-signed uh, THT. Yeah, and then uh, I'm guessing Dennis Schroeder is out the door soon. He played himself, bro. He he outbid himself. He bit himself out of the game. That he did do. Because I'm sure, I think it was uh, halfway through the season, they wanted to extend him. I think it was a five-year 90 mil that the Lakers wanted to give him or something along those lines, and he turned that down, which is... I think is his price range, but if he's asking for 120, which I seem <laughs> to be the the price for him, um, or the asking price from him and his agent, him and his agent are doing the best job right now because he won't be on the Lakers and he like the way the NBA is set up, he might get it somewhere else because you've seen it happen time and time again where a man like Tyler Johnson is getting a three year 90 mil or whoever it may be, right? Garley's out there just getting money because. Teams are desperate. So, like, I can see the Celtics right now because I think I've seen a rumor that the Celtics might be interested in uh, Dennis Schroeder. I can see a, a, a desperate team like the Celtics just trying to figure out something because they still need a, a guard because there's lost Kemba, yep, right, to so my New York Knickerbockers, you know what I mean? So, um, we'll see where he ends up. But back to the Lakers – is Anthony Davis going to be at the five, or how do you see the starting lineup? That team, I like the moves that they made. It's just the Westbrook thing that really is throwing me off. Is he going to be the starting point guard? So is he is he going to be the primary ball handler? So who's moving off the ball? Because I don't, I don't believe LeBron's doing it, and Westbrook he cannot play off the ball. Like even if you ask him to, he can't do it. He hasn't done it thus far in his career, so I don't see him suddenly getting the ability to do so. Mm-hmm. So I really don't know how. Like I really don't know how it's going to fit. Like I like all the other moves that they made, but it's just that one that's still a big question mark for me. Well, I don't know. Like you watched H&M too, right? A lot. <laughs> yeah, of, I did. If we look at LeBron's play in that game, what what did he have? What was the stat line? Like four points. Five assists, something like that. A couple of rebounds. So so from that, what I took from that is he has the ability to take on an off-the-wall role. So I can see uh, LeBron being the person that's going to be off the ball. And then Westbrook brings up the ball. They're running a lot of pick and roll with uh, Westbrook and AD. But like I said, do they have the shooters? Do they have what it takes down the road in the playoffs to, to distinguish who's going to take that last shot? And then if... It happens in the regular season where Westbrook takes it, takes it, he misses. Braun takes it, he misses. 
We'll see. I think since Anthony Davis is the best player on that team, it's going to be Anthony Davis with the ball in the clutch. But we'll see, right? Well, There's a lot of egos and a lot, a lot of ball dominators on that team. I don't fault you for saying Anthony Davis is the best player on that team. I'll still say LeBron is the best player on that team. But, okay, I mean, you're forgetting they just added probably the most – I would argue he's probably the most he's easily in the top five in clutch players, Carmelo Anthony. So if there's a game on the line, I want Melo getting. Melo should be getting the ball. Right? Are you just are you being serious? Or are you just talking just to talk for the viewers? No, I'm being I'm being serious, bro. Like, do you not? Did you no, not? See no, no, he, no, no. Did, you didn't see what he was doing for Portland? How many clutch? What do you do for? Shots? What do you do for Portland? How many clutch shots did he hit? If it wasn't I, Lillard, I only, the ball I only, was going to him. I only saw hit. what Lillard did. I only saw saw what Lillard did on Portland. I saw someone in the corner shoot some threes here and there, and uh, go. One for four, or two for four from three, but um, when we're talking about clutchness and on and the Portland Trailblazers, I I know Damian Lillard. Yes, do you, I know uh, Carmelo Anthony past his prime? You didn't see what he was doing in the bubble or this season or even like when he first got there. How many clutch shots he hit for the team, bro? Nah, I think you need to stay mellow. I, I don't I don't think you're I think your bias here, LeBron bias, is now. Bringing, I feel like you have a whole banana boat bias. You know what I mean? Whoever's on the banana boat, you're with them. Nah. And I don't think Melo's impact on that team is a good impact. It's more of a negative impact because he can't play defense. So if we're going to keep him on the floor in the clutch, what are we going to do on the defensive end? Give him a bucket? Because Westbrook tri- can't really defend. Melo can't really defend. Braun can, doesn't want to defend. And then Anthony Davis is going to have to step up and play the five, be the one that's defending. But is that going to happen? I don't know. There, there's, there's a lot of problematic things that you just said. I mean, LeBron, since Anthony Davis came, LeBron has has been more reinvigorated on the def- on the defensive end. So I see him doing his thing defensively. Like, he's, he stepped up to the plate. And Melo, he's in a perfect, like, he's in the perfect situation right now. Like, even, especially come playoff time, that's when he. That's when people are really gonna see how much of a weapon that he actually is. Like he'll give you quick buckets. Yeah. Like he can deliver for you in the clutch. He'll. He won't play heavy minutes. I don't think. But the minutes that he does play, they'll be quality, effective minutes. And then now on top of that, he's playing with LeBron. I'm excited to see what he does. Well, I'm. I'm excited as well. But uh, it doesn't seem like the Lakers were the only team to improve, right? Like it seems like a lot of other teams also got better. So, I, I I'm not saying that Lakers are the best team right now. Would mm. you say Lakers are the best team, or they the winners out of free free agency so far? They were one of the winners, I would say. I would say Lakers, and then I would say the Bulls. The Bulls made some pretty key moves, I think, to kind of set them okay. up for the future, especially. They set themselves up good for the present time, but also the future. I think, I think they mm-hmm. have a good balance there. So I'll give that. I'll give it. I'll give the Bulls their credit. I mean, on paper, Miami had a pretty good free agency. I don't know how that's going to translate onto the actual basketball court. I mean, having an aging point guard in Kyle Lowry. Okay. And then you re-sign Jimmy Butler. So you know Miami's up there, but. Come on, man! How are you forgetting about my Knicks, the New York Knickerbockers? And... Re-sign Derrick Rose. That's point, right? That's the first point, right? Because he could have went anywhere. He came went to the Clippers. He came went to the Lakers. He stayed in the Mecca, okay? Yeah. So that's big, 
All right, so he's in the Mecca resign for you know. I think he's underpaid as well and undervalued. But they I, I signed him. They they got Kemba, right? Kemba's back in New York, so Cardiac Kemba is back. <laughs> all right, in that Big Apple, right? We, we signed Nerlens Noel, so that's huge for us as well. So all I'm saying, we extended Julius Randle. So you know Julius Randle, most improved player. Yeah, Second nice. team, all NBA. So uh, all I'm saying is the East is. I I like what the Bulls did. Don't get me wrong, but like what the Knicks done with Kemba. Hopefully that could bring back his career. You know, maybe make him make him he'll make a comeback. Cause him going to Boston didn't do too well. But like maybe him back in New York, he's gonna feel like he's back on UConn. You know, he get those feels again. Yeah. And then you know New York basketball is back. So who knows? You know, we were, we saw what Dipset and the Locks did. Now we have another show. Sorry, we we could pivot away because you brought it up. What was your whole take on that versus between Dipset and the Locks? My take on it? Yeah. The Jada Kiss smoked them boys. <laughs> <laughs> Plain and simple, Jada Kiss. Like I, I've always been a fan of Jada Kiss, but like, just because knowing he has so many hits and him being part of the Lock. Like, there's so many big songs that you've heard almost went, like, over your head, right? From when yeah. you were younger. But, like, just to see his ability to perform and control the room, and which we saw from when he played, when he versed Jade, uh, Fabulous, right? So we should have known from then what type of energy he was going to be on coming into this battle with Dipset. Because I think Dipset was favored going into the battle, 100%. Like... And- because I feel like, especially our generation and Dipset, you have Jules, you have Cam, you have uh, Jim Jones, you know what I mean? Like We grew up on that. The, we grew up on that, and those are, like, the recency bias is more on Dipset side when it comes to that. No one really knows about Styles P, Jada Kiss, and, you know? Yeah, but when you break down, chic, so, yeah, when, when you break down, like, hits and legacy... Yeah, the lock, yeah. locks, lock smoked, lock smoked them, bro. Yeah, it was like it, it. really, when you look back, and you actually after watching and you look back, it's like, man, how did people even think that this was gonna be a fair fight? Mind you, like everyone that I spoke to were all saying, "Oh, Dipset, Dipset has this, Dipset has this." I was like, I mm-hmm. think I, I like locks. You know what I mean? Because I actually would go back. I actually like every now and then go back and listen to their catalog. So I know yeah. they have hits, you know what I mean? But it's just, you're yeah. right. It, it wasn't really our generation. So it's kind of something you have to go back and look into because it wasn't something that was right in front of us growing up. Yeah, it, I mean, it was great to see, though. It was great for hip-hop, like, especially for, the like, the newer generation. They had to really sit back and take that in, like, damn, like, this is what actually hip-hop used to be. That's where it all came from, you know what I mean? Like to what we listen to today. Yeah, they yeah. needed that, bro. Like, cause I'm not gonna lie to you, bro. Like, it's hip hop getting harder and harder to listen to by the day because no one wants to be authentic anymore. Like, they all want to sound the same and they all kind of look the same and they look like they're cut from that same mold. You know what I mean? Like, there's just so much noise out there now, bro. Yeah, agreed. Like, it, it'll be good. So now it gives people a chance to look back at like Jada Kisses. Or the locks catalog and get an appreciation for something different, and and maybe it'll, it'll help change the sound that we we are currently in. But like, who knows? But it yeah. it just gives them some nostalgic value 
going forward. So you know, like that was a great video. One thing I I want to say too is I don't really knock any of the new artists. People like when they don't like a certain music, they'll say, "Yo, this artist trash. This artist trash." I'm not really yeah. gonna call someone trash because that's still their craft. You know what I mean? Like, right. don't get wrong. There's some artists I just hear like, "Yeah, they're they're trash," but I'm not gonna say that for everybody in the generation. I come to understand that you know what? It's just not for me, and I'm not really their target demographic. When when you think about it, like I'm in my late 20s, right? Or we're in our late 20s, right? By the way, your birthday's coming up soon, so shout out to you. Yeah, yeah. But, shout out, shout out, Leo season. You know, <laughs> gang, gang. But you know, we're in our late twenties, so we're not really who they're targeting. They're targeting more like the kids coming up, like you know, people who are like finishing up middle school, high school, the college, like the college kids. That's really their target audience, right? Right. Like when we were at those ages, those times, we had artists that we grew up to, but now it's a new generation. So I'm not going to say they're trash. I'm just going to say they're not all for me. And that's okay. Right. You know, music changes over time. There's going to be a new generation. They're going to have new interests and they're going to dress their way. And the cycle will just keep continuing. Of course. So yeah. that, that's how I look at it. I'm not going to just dismiss and say, oh, this is trash. This is trash. Hip hop at this time was better than hip hop at this time. To me, that debate doesn't make sense. Now, you can have a of preference, course. but like you said, there's always going to be that recency bias. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, that's all, that's all what it lies upon, right? What you see, and you, we see that in sports or anything, right? One day, like now, per se, when Giannis won the championship, it was, oh, Giannis is the best player in the world, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then now, with KD doing what he's doing for Team USA and winning that gold and seeing his play, it's just like, nah, I can't say Giannis is the best player in the world when KD is still here, you know what I mean? And then yeah. again, it might it all might change when the season comes back on LeBron's being who LeBron is, right? And then it's like, fam, did we forget that LeBron is the best player in the world? You know what I mean? So it's it's all it's all recency bias. It's what's happening exactly. now, right? And we get caught up in the moment with especially with social media and everything that happens in the now, everything gets inflated, right? Because we see a lot of it. It'll be trending, right? When something's trending, that flaws your trend, your uh, recency bias, right? So That's true. But, bro, I have a question for you. Yeah. When did we decide, as a people, that we're going to make Justin LaBoy a credible source on music, bro? Like, when did we make him more than a meme page? That, that's a good question. And, I, and, I, and again, I just feel like it's one of those things where we're just talking about. Recency bias and, and trendy <laughs> go hand in hand. Like, since memes are, like, the new trendy thing, and everyone's new thing is, like, reposting Justin LeBoy or sharing a <laughs> Justin LeBoy uh, IG uh, post or whatever it may be, and then him having his little revolt show, all the beef he's created and stuff like that, like, he's just a hot name. So whatever Justin LeBoy says or does, it's, like, it's, it's popular. So how he, him being the voice of music, I don't know, right? <laughs> like, I don't like, know. I don't know how he knows all this information about Donda. Nah, Donda's not coming out now. Donda. I don't even know how KD, Justin LeBoy, and Kanye were in a room together. That doesn't really make sense to me. Bro, I would, like, it's so random. Like, when I saw that picture, I'm like, this is the most random thing. Like, I would, yeah, genu- like, I would genuinely like to know the story about how that link-up happened. Like, I would like to know. Right. Yeah, but the thing is, Kanye is not a dumb guy. You know, Kanye is one of the, like, 
Kanye West is like the Steve Jobs, the the Jeff Bezos, the you know the the different minds within the music world. So he knows how to get something on and popping. You know what I mean? He knows how mm-hmm. to create hype, and he's been doing it for years, right? So this is just another way of doing it. You know, he sees the locks just come off winning and beating Dipset. Next thing you know, Jadakiss and and company are at his Atlanta Stadium recu- uh, recording studio recording who knows what, but they're there. There's pictures, you know what I mean? He yeah. has Baby Keem, he has Little Uzi, Little Baby, Little Dirk, all the hardest artists getting pictures, building up hype. And every week now, it's like what? He has a little streaming party or streaming little um, show he does, live stream, but he won't drop the project. So everything is calculated with him. And I guess the whole Justin LaVoy thing is just another calculated move. And also, we always got to put into a, a, to effect that Drake and Kanye, I feel like there's still a, 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 a subtle a gamesmanship beef between them. You know what I mean? So Drake, Kanye constantly just putting out live streams, showing more pictures, waiting waiting it's just like yo drake what is it you gonna drop whenever you drop i'm gonna drop same day and i feel like kanye really wants to put forth that gamesmanship to be like yo i'm still here i know you're still here let's see what the numbers are saying so remember we did an episode we're saying that kanye likes to troll right Mm -hmm. so who better to use than a guy who's known to kind of troll on the internet exactly He's probably just using him as a decoy. Like, even if he says all these dates, oh, it's coming this day, oh, it's coming this day, right? Even if he says all these dates, this guy doesn't really have any credibility to begin with anyway. So he's not going to look bad if he's making up the dates because no one really takes him seriously. But that Drake angle you just mentioned, that interesting perspective, like, yeah, it could be him trying to, like, call Drake out without having to directly do it. Because he knows what Drake's going through right now. Drake went from, I'm dropping my album in January... But also, Drake's working with being from Canada and knowing that Canada isn't really open or it's just starting to get open open up, right? Mm -hmm. And of course, Drake, knowing that the city isn't what it is right now, he can't really put out the album because, like, what happened with his demo tape that he put out, like, last summer, it came and went because no one's outside, no one's listening to music like that. But now the city is opening. Now Drake's trying to creep out again. Like, he was recently on um, Fry Your Eye radio show on Friday. He came on and said the album's done, it's cooked, and it's ready to drop or whatever, right? So now it's just, how does Drake go about creating hype? How does Drake go about, you know, rolling out his music when Kanye with Donda is stepping all over that? Yeah. Right? And now now Weekend is back, too. The pressure's on the boy now, because, like, if Kanye's putting his head out, you know what I mean? And now The weekend, you know what The weekend can do, you know, because The weekend in Toronto is 1A, 1B with Drake. Like, yes, Drake is global. It seems like Drake kind of relies more on that Toronto buzz than The weekend does. Yeah. Could be in a kind of subtle way that these two guys are coming for Drake's throne. If you think about it, The weekend's on Kanye's album. So they did yeah. their, th- like, The weekend dropped his single the same day that Kanye was having his release party. Like, right after that release event happened, The weekend drops his single. So, 
Could it be that like the, like Drake is kind of looking like chum in the water, and these guys are trying to like there's sharks trying to circle around him? It's, that's an interesting perspective, bro. Yeah, it could be a thing for sure. But I do have a question for you. Yes, sir. Since you're since you're like you're the EXO inside of here, <laughs> you're you're EXO Yusuf, right? And you're like the weekend fandom page operator. Um, <laughs> I don't I don't run when, the bad thing. Oh, I did, I thought it was you. I thought it was you. I have a question. So when is the weekend gonna stop making the same song? Are you insinuating that all his music sounds the same? Well, if we if we break it down like this, right? <clears throat> okay. From Starboy, let's go back to Starboy, right? Right. And what song was I, it? What was the hit song? I, I, off of Starboy? I was at that. I was at that album release party, by the way. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna I, leave I, it. I, I would hope so. <laughs> I would hope so. Exo Yusuf, why wouldn't you have a ticket to that? So I, I have received. Let's start from Starboy, right? Well, okay. What was the hit song off Starboy? It was um Starboy. No, I'm a motherfucker. Starboy, Starboy and, right? I, it was Starboy. I feel it coming. I feel it coming, um, right? Yeah. Yeah, that, that poppy, you know, that same little, you know, that single that you put out, same, like similar songs, right? And then let's move on to what was the next album? It was... um After Hours was the following album. The following album, yeah. Right? Okay, so yeah, yeah he, had, he had that little EP. I remember the EP. That was cool. But now let's go to After Hours, right? And what was this? Like, it was like Save Your Tears. So the first single was Heartless, yeah. And then it was Blinding Lights. And then Blinding mm-hmm. Lights was like a record-breaking hit. And then Save Your Tears. Okay. So we're getting a little like a pop, a lot of pop, right? Yes. You would say blending like you'd say um Starboy. Those are in that same pop atmosphere, correct? He, I wouldn't okay, Starboy had more of like a elevator. I guess you could say like yeah, had like more of a dark like the actual song itself kind of had like more of a dark different kind of sound, but mm-hmm. I feel I definitely like I feel it coming blinding lights. In mm-hmm. Your Eyes, Save Your Tears. Yes, those are more from like the 80s retro pop radio mold. Mm-hmm. I would say mm-hmm. that, yes. Well, 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 which seems like is that's what his persona has been, right? Going off after our... Now, today, his recent single that released this weekend. So I haven't listened to it. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> from, from the little clip it, clips or whatever has been put out for it is, um, it seems like the same song to me. It's another blinding lights. It's another uh, savior tears. It's another you know Starboy type track, and it's just like I'm I'm tired of H and M weekend. That's all I'm gonna say. I look at it as H and M weekend, and I'm looking for reminder. You know that bag. You know weekend. When we're getting into the R and B, we're getting into a little bit of the rap. You know what I mean? That little atmosphere that I used to be in. That chill dark R and B. Like this this pop art. This pop. Weekend, yes, it, it does numbers. So I don't fault him for continuing on this trajectory because it's going to lead to success at the end of the day. But my question to you is when is he going to stop making that same song? So, wow, there's a, okay, there's a lot to unpack. <laughs> yeah, of course. So we understand, like, as artists, like, you know, they evolve and they change over time, right? Mm-hmm. He set the mold. And now everyone is still trying to catch up to that sound. It's like a branch from the tree that he built or that he planted. So he, every R&B he's been, song is a is a branch from what he major, planted. Majority of them, a lot of them are trying to emulate that sound. That, Name like, someone who, who like who, for example. Okay, I'll give you an example. Bryson Tiller. Okay, like he's the one that stands out to me because I remember when I heard this guy, I'm like, man, this sounds like like this sounds like a weekend type beat. You know what I mean? So he's someone. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. 
I would say came from that mold. And there's a whole bunch of them. Party Next Door is another one. Okay. You know, if we're being if we're being honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, for sure. And those are just the two that come to mind. If I actually take the time and really sit on that, I could probably come up with a lot more. But you know, for the sake of this episode, I'll just na- I'll just throw those two out there. Yeah. Like he created that sound and he conquered it, right? Yeah. So now his profile is gro- growing. Like now he has a global audience. Yeah. And cre- creatively, it's like okay, I could go back and do the same thing, or I can push myself and try to do something different. He wants to, I guess, now now become like the MJ of this generation. So you have to expand your horizons. Like Michael Jackson, look at his music across so many different genres. That's what made him so yeah. great. Right. right. So I think with him, it's like now he said, okay, I have a specific sound that I started with. Now let me expand my reach a little bit. You know, let me diversify my music. Let me diversify my catalog. Some of the songs, I guess... To fans, it can, I guess, seem repetitive at times, but I don't think it's his intention to be repetitive. I think what's happening is he's working with a lot of the same team of producers mm-hmm. and they have a formula that works. And I think that's what he's using for his lead singles. But when you go, like, if you look at even the album that just came out after hours, it was, to me, I would, I, I don't necessarily know if it was his best work, but it was his most complete work. Like, you had some R&B in there, right? Mm-hmm. You had some old school R&B vibes, you had some newer sounds. Yeah, you had your radio singles, but I still think he does a good job of balancing that classic sound with the new sound that he's going for and keeping both sides of his fan base happy, I would say. Yeah, well, you could tell that the thing is now with The weekend is he has so much money behind him, right? Before, he didn't have much money behind his sound and the quality and the production. Now that he has the money to back the production, the vision, and the little details that maybe our ears aren't really, you know, equipped to take in what he's actually doing when he's making these new songs and everything you were speaking towards to, that I understand, right? And it makes sense because that little, that plan of setting up his music is, is working. He's having a lot of success. So I don't fault him. Like, I was a huge fan of After Hours and what he was able to do with the production and everything that that album um, panned out to be. But for me, just my only harp is him going back to this pop star style of music, right? <laughs> which is, which is it gets the job done, right? But you know what I mean? Like, I... I'm just waiting for for some authentic weekend to listen to, you know. But hey, you know I mean, that hookah. You know you know the hookah vibe. I, you, I, I know mean, the you, hookah you vibe. You for sure. Bro. You know the hookah <laughs> vibe, fam. I can't. Li- I can't. I can't like listen to the weekend and 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 Starboy's coming on with my hookah. Doesn't you know? It doesn't go well with my hookah. It doesn't. You know what I mean? What, what was the song called that it came out today or on the weekend? Uh, take my breath. Take my breath. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, like, the hookah's already taking my breath away. So why am I <laughs> trying to listen to that now, too? So, I don't know, man. That, that's my only hype. But I didn't want to say too hard on it. I just had to ask the question. But you uh, asked my, my question. You wanted to troll me a little bit. That's okay, bro. Nah. I mean, it happens, but, you know? See, now that I'm going to say this opinion, you already planted the seed in people's heads that, you know, like, I run an EXO fan account, which I don't. Hey, man. I, 
Who, who would... really knows? Who really knows? It's okay. You can keep it on the lows. <laughs> you, know I mean? you can keep it in the dark. Not everyone has to know, but hey, everyone but can I... speculate. So far, with everything that I've been hearing, for me personally, I would say that this is the song of the year so far. I would say. What well, song of which year? This year, 2021. No, 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 no. How could you say such a thing? I just said it, bro. I'm coming, going off off of... No- coming off a of Nostradamus album that just dropped the same weekend? There's no way. There's, there's no way the song is better than a, every song on that Nas project that just came out. Take My Breath Away. Like, that's 100%. It's not no song of no year. Uh, so far from what I've heard, I'm going to say that it is. Well, you're, you run the fan page, so of course, <laughs> you you would There's have no, to say such. I'm, I'm objectively speaking as the only one who listens to the music. Okay. He put out a quality song. You know what I mean? Like, it has good production. You know, vocally, so, he's doing his thing. Yeah. It's, it, it's a good vibe. You know what I mean? It's, it's a good track. He did his thing. So, so when you say, like, song of the year, not even going to say song of the summer, so song of the year, what goes song? into your, um, like, how do you come up with song of the year? Like, break it down to me. So, I'm looking at, like, you know, the quality of music. So I know this track is going to dominate radio. You're going to hear this song at least like six times a day on the radio. You know what I mean? So based on the impact that I know that I definitely would say like it's It has song of the year status. Now, mind you, it's not my, so it's not my favorite song, but it's not my favorite song that he ever put out. But I understand Mm -hmm. that it's going to, I understand the impact that it's going to have. And that's really what he was going for. So. Okay. So, so you're saying you're on the Grammy. Board committee is what you're saying. Bro, if I was on that committee, bro, he, he wouldn't have got snubbed last year. But I well, know they especially... Put, they can't put fan page man to give votes. They can't, <laughs> they can't give fan page man votes. That's why. So <laughs> I understand that. But one thing, though, is I think because of that whole negative publicity that they got, they said, oh, we have to change up our rules. I know this year they're going to... I know he said he's not submitting his work for nominations, but I'm sure they're going to want to throw a lot of, like I don't want to say throw a lot of words at him as though they're going to make up for the fact that they didn't give it to him but they're definitely going to give him more consideration I would say okay well I mean that's fair that's fair for you to say we'll see I mean you had the hot take hopefully that hot take does well for you but I'll just have to disagree and we'll see how that goes in the future uh, because for me looking at song of the year I have to be outside with the song. You know what I mean? I have to mm-hmm. see what the song is doing in certain environments and certain settings, you know? Mm-hmm. Like if I'm out at a, uh, I'm having dinner or I'm out at a club or at a bar or a speakeasy, like mm-hmm. I got to see what that song is doing to that environment. And I don't think that song that you speak on is doing anything for that environment. I don't think it's getting plays in those environments. Yes, like you said, it's getting plays on the radio um, and elevators and H&M and, and Topman and shopping malls and yada, yada, yada. But, like, mm-hmm. that's not my, you know, what I look at for when it's song of the year. I got to see the impact, the product of it is, or a product of what it is in different environments, you know? Yeah. And I don't think that song does well. In and different they, environments, and they so. already used it. They already used it for the Tokyo Olympics. Like they used it for an ad. Yeah. So, so what kind of song what, is that? So that's what I'm saying. That's what I meant by impact. Like they put it like in a Mercedes commercial, and it went on mm-hmm. to be his biggest statistically 
his biggest record. Uh, is it the best music he's ever made? No, absolutely not. But mm -hmm. commercially, it's done very well, right? So that's why I mean, that's what I mean when I say song of the year. I'm going by those standards. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. I think weekends weekend now is just too too expensive for us. He's too bougie now. He's too he's out of there. So like now he, we can't really talk about him like such because now he's just mm -hmm. a he's a he's a a ring chaser. Some might compare <laughs> him. Some might compare him LeBron. You know, it's a bag he's chasing it. So who knows? Bro, you got anything else you want to include or throw in? I already said my birthday's coming up always, but respect that August eleventh. Anyways. Like I said, a new podcast coming for me. Listeners, if you like me, I have a new podcast coming soon. Wait on it. I'll definitely have Yusuf on as a guest to uh, oh, definitely. speak his his mind and his facts and his uh, insights that are, you know, always in the know. So, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it for me. Perfect, bro. Always a pleasure having you on, bro. Until yeah. next time, my guy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. My guy Zazu, welcome to the Wire to Wire podcast, bro. Wire to Wire, I'm plugged in. I am plugged <laughs> in. Thanks for uh, having me on the show again once again, Mr. Yusuf. Of course, bro. It's always, it's always fun having you on, bro. It's going to be a blast, man. I'm excited, man. I'm excited. Yeah. What do we have, what do we have on, the, on, the, on the show today, man? What, what do we have oh, on the menu? I had to get your, when I saw this, I had to get your opinion on it. So what Kyle, Lowry, Kyle Lowry, Kyle uh -huh. leaving the Raptors. I had to get your, I had to get your take <laughs> on that, bro. Hey, listen, man, it was long overdue, man. Everyone, every, any real Raptors fan knows it's been a long overdue process. Like we are tired of two itty bitty ballers on the front court, on the back court. You know, we it's time for us to get like a six nine point guard, and 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 and, and you know. I think Fred Van Fleet will be better off ball. I think he's he's better suited off ball than on ball. But yeah, no, for sure. Like I bid Kyle Lowry farewell. You know, he's one of the greatest Raptors of all time. I don't think he's the greatest Raptor of all time. I think Mr. Toronto himself, which is um uh DeMar DeRozan, um, is the greatest Raptor of all time. A lot of people want to give, you know, Kyle Lowry uh, the 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 grout, as people will call it, the greatest Raptor of all time. Um um, status, but I, I definitely give that to DeMar DeRozan because I'm telling you, without DeMar DeRozan, man, the Raptors would not even been able to get um, Kawhi Leonard at all. And with that happening, you know, we he was a sell like DeMar DeRozan when he came in the league, the dude was just a slasher, bro. Just a slasher. His ball handling wasn't even the best. The man went from uh, just a pure slasher to now a playmaking mid-range slashing guard like the dude play mix like no tomorrow he gets to his spot hits his mid-range uh he can dunk on you you know he 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 has good vision like like without that skill set we would not be able to trade it for uh Kawhi Leonard because I'm telling you they did not want Kyle Lowry <laughs> nobody <laughs> that year nobody Kyle Lowry stock that year I dropped I plummeted because of his playoff performances, I, I know a lot of people have forgotten about that. But remember, their draft stock plummeted. He, he's uh, his stock plummeted because they he pro she, he performed awfully in the playoff. A lot of people want to point out that Demar Derozan performed awfully, but no, he didn't. He actually, averaged he carried the team, right? Uh, with that being said, yeah, because his defense isn't a one, yet he still he, he 
trust me, DeMar DeRozan was the reason why I like I watched, I fell in love with the Toronto Raptors. Without him, I wouldn't have even, you know, this me speaking personally, I wouldn't have been as engaged um, with the Raptors and, um, as I was because the way when he came swagger on the court, the way he, he just loved the city, the way he always resigned without a second thought, the man embraced the city, like embraced it. Like he, like he, 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 when it was Kyle Lowry's turn to do free agency, he always looked around. When it was DeMar DeRozan, the man just signed the lines and moved on. He was literally the yeah. only superstar that wanted to stay home. So, but for us to like give him up for Ka- Kawhi Leonard and sacrifice him as a, as a goat, right? Uh, and to the land to the slaughter and bringing Kawhi Leonard, that it was, it was necessary. That, right? Yeah, it was necessary. And I'm telling you, if we got, try to tell me if we had DeMar DeRozan and Kawhi Leonard, we wouldn't have won the championship that year. Well, I mean, if everything happened the way that it happened, you know, the the lucky shot against Philly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After that, Kevin, then. <laughs> Kevin Durant getting injured and Klay Thompson getting injured. Hey, and, uh, hey yeah. listen, it's all, it's all a lock, right? It's all, it's all lock into, the, into, into winning the playoffs. Like, even, like, this year's, like, you know, look at all the injuries that happened, right? And then they, it takes a little bit of luck to win a, a championship. It's always going to be, as long as you are a good team, and you get the golden tickets to go to the playoff. Anything can happen, man. Anything. That's look at the, look at the, look at the Miami, look at the Miami Heat last year. No, the the year before this year, right? And they were not. They're the bubble stars. <laughs> they all played like their 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 minds off. Look how they performed in the bubble versus this year. Come on, how'd you go from being in the finals to get eliminated in the first round, right? And so, like, in, they all performed. Where was Tyler Hero? Where's Duncan Robinson? He's like, oh, bubble stars, man. All I was saying was, <laughs> <laughs> all I was saying was, like, it takes a little bit of luck, man. Like, the time. And then, of course, when LeBron got to the uh, finals, Bam was injured. Uh, Jimmy was injured. Dragic was injured. They were gonna They were going to beat them regardless, but yeah. But yeah, I'm I saying, get, like, it, I, I the road, what, the, the, road the road even became easier when, when they got hurt. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. And Miami should never have even been the finals. <laughs> and, they didn't get, and they didn't get there this year, so. Yeah, they shouldn't have been the but, finals. Like, like, but you know what's so funny to me, bro? Honestly, good riddance to Kyle Lowry. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, like I, I, saw... I don't hit the guy. I don't hit the guy. I'm just saying, like, it, it, like it was about time for him to leave, bro. Like, I'm just, I'll just. There's so many times I'm tired. Like, like when you when you have to switch from Fred Van Fleet to a Kyle Lowry on the defensive end, you're like, oh, that's an easy bucket, bro. They're gonna shoot over you. There's nothing you can do. Like, just give us a, a, a let's have a like a traditional point guard and like maybe a shooting guard. But I, I do love our pickup now, man. With the with our new our new rookie to play, man. You know, six nine Scotty, point guard. Scotty Barnes. Yeah, man. Scotty too hottie Barnes, man. Like Scotty too hottie. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, is man. That his, is that his actual nickname? Do you just give him that? Nah, man. Just give him that, man. Just give, oh, okay. hottie, man. Just give him that, man. Like, he looks like he's going to be fun to watch. He's a point guard. Well, hopefully, they actually make him play the point guard role. I'm not I'm not even joking, bro. If he can ball handle, like, like I'm watching his, some of his videos, his, some of his uh, games when he's in college. The dude was a point guard in college. He literally was a point guard in college. And in yeah. high school, he's been the point guard. So six nine, I'll take that, bro. So yeah, um, we'll see how he does. But I thought it was even ridiculous for. And again, I have nothing against anyone. Like I think you should go get your money. If the market's willing to pay you thirty uh, million a year, then you take it. <laughs> go get your money. Get but, your paid, man. 
But Kyle Lowry is not a $30 million per season point guard. A guy who gives you 14 and 8 is not a $30 million. Nah, He's not but that dude. It, you don't know what it is? Let me tell you something about Kyle Lowry. Like, Kyle Lowry is not a box score type of guy. He's actually... He's a player that sets the tempo. Like, he does things that don't show up in the stat sheet, right? Like, if you draw a charge, right. it doesn't show up on the stat sheet. He draws a lot of charge. Like, he puts his butter on the line. He plays really good, stinky defense. And he knows how to change the tempo. And um, he just knows how to, like, control the pace of a basketball game. He's an amazing floor general, right? And in the defensive end, he's very vocal. Um, and he gets, he gets at you. And and yeah and and of course he knows how to space the floor he, like he's a good really really good shooter so so yes in this day and age that is very valuable for him to have that skill set and then he's now as a champion he's like he's literally a champion the dude's gonna be a hall of famer Go I'll ahead. be real with you bro I've I, honestly I, I really have nothing against Larry like yeah he's a, all those things you mentioned is true he's a good player I think it's just these Raptor casual fans that just made me <laughs> annoyed because they were always. Like, overrating him like he is a top point guard in the league. This guy was voted a starter in all-star games that he should not have been starting in. Like, if but that's the East, Kyrie... though. That's, that's in the East, in though. What, in what and... world is this guy a starting point guard over Kyrie Irving? I'm like... Nah, man, back then, the rap... he was... Back... Bro, he remember... was never on those you, levels. You want to know what? You want to know what it was? You want... Look, look. Like the you wonder what it was back then. He had DeMar DeRozan, bro. Him, him, and DeMar DeRozan, they both averaged twenty points a game. And oh, actually, DeMar at one point averaged like twenty nine. That thing was ridiculous. They they had they were like the best backcourt duo uh, uh, in in um in the East. Are you forget in those days, like bro, they literally. You, you see, people keep saying that, and I would say John Wall and Bradley Beal were better because when you look in the twenty fifteen playoffs, right? Nah, the one time when. They, nah, they that's the one time though. Never. That's the one time, though. That's the one time. And that was the first time, like, they – if you look at the 2015 playoffs, that was, like, our, I think our, our second time in the playoffs with them. So you have to remember the experiences. And, yeah, I know Bradley Beal and John Wall were going nuts also. Yeah. yeah. But, no, for sure. But it, it was, like, our inexperience and our team was worse than the, the Washington Wizards. It takes a team, right? Um, back yeah. then, the Washington Wizards had a way better team than, than we did. Right, yeah. So it made sense that we got swept, but we sh- we shouldn't have got swept with our star power that way. But again, it was their inexperience, and who knows? Like again, mentality. We know that Demar Derozan struggles with mental health and all that other stuff. So who knows where where their mindset was back then in the playoffs, right? But yeah. uh, it takes it takes time. And but in the regular season, I know you're talking about playoff. We're talking about the regular season. The regular season, they were animals, bro. They were going dumb. We remember we averages we went we went fifty plus in the past wins in the past seven years. That's for for a, a Raptors, you know, startup for a Raptors team. That hasn't happened ever, right? They they made us a winning team, right? That is true. That is Let's true. Go. And you know, and, at the end, they got a ring out of him. Yeah. I think I think they're going into a rebuild now. What it looks like, they just want to kind of re retool so, yeah. a little bit. So that's going on in Toronto. Let's talk about what's happening in LA with the Lakers. Do you like Do you like the moves that they made? So I like the, every single move that they made, but the Russell Westbrook move. <laughs> Welcome I like, to the club. Okay, I want to be optimistic also about the Russell Westbrook thing, because here's what I think the thought process is thought process is with the LA Lakers with getting Russell Westbrook. Okay, I think it's this. We need somebody who can give us 110% and 
and carry a team in the regular season when LeBron James or Anthony Davis is gone. And Westbrook is the number one person you come in mind. He literally, it doesn't matter who's playing with, he can be a walking triple-double and, and just carry the team on his back and win games and keep the Lakers afloat. So in that sense, yes, it's a fantastic signing and it will help the Lakers stay consistent in terms of their standing-wise in the, in the Western Conference. But now when LeBron James and Anthony Davis and they're all playing together now, right, if they're, if they're all fully healed, there's going to be a lot of spacing issues. Who's going to be a cash and shoot? You going to turn LeBron to a cash and shoot, shoot player? You going to turn what? That. Yeah, you going to turn Westbrook into a cash and shoot player? He can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> you going to turn AD into a cash and shoot player now? So it's just it. It's just a lot of holes unless Westbrook is willing to come off the bench. <laughs> he, you know, he's not going to do that. He's not right? going to do that. No, no. So my my thing is here is that because I as soon as that trade happened. I had a notification for Clubhouse that, oh, Westbrook, Westbrook, what do you guys think of the trade? And this one guy was saying, this is going to be the best thing ever. I think Westbrook will listen to LeBron. He's the only person I believe he respects. I think LeBron's the only person he respects and what he will listen to. And I'm like, wait, hold on, what? <laughs> I had to cut him off real quick. I'm like, you think Russell Westbrook will listen and, has, and will respect LeBron James? I'm not saying he would disrespect. I'm not saying he would disrespect LeBron James. You think Westbrook is going to conform to LeBron James and change his play style? Is that what you think? He's like, yeah, of course. Yeah. I'm like, he's played with KD. He's played with Harden. He's played with, you name it, a lot of Hall of future Hall of Famers, and he's not changed his play style not one bit. And you think, and he, and he himself is a future Hall of Famer. So you think he's going to put them himself in a in a lower pedestal than LeBron James? He's been no. playing for so long at this stage in his career. Like, this, is, this is just who he is. Like, he's not, yeah. <laughs> he's not going to change how he's been playing his whole life in this one season. So. In one season, man. Come on, be realistic, man. Like, And I'm not saying he's a, he's, he's a bad teammate. Like, no, he's are a you great saying, player. Yeah. He's a, he's a great player. Exactly. He's a great locker room guy. Like, he motivates right, the exactly. guys around him. Exactly. And he gives the people around him confidence. Like, I love Westbrook. I love Westbrook. I think he's awesome. Yeah, me too. He's an amazing player. It's just, I don't think this is a good fit. I hope I'm wrong. Obviously, you know, as someone that wants to see them win, I of hope course. I'm wrong. Yeah. But it doesn't look... It doesn't look very promising, but I do love the fact that Carmelo was there, though, man. That's this is long Carmelo can be a bro. Carmelo can be a yeah. That should have happened like five years ago. They're tripping, bro. Carmelo, Carmelo, and LeBron should have played five years ago or even six, ten years ago together, bro. Yeah, I don't know what took them that long. One has more playoff success than the other. Who would you choose? Someone has been there and won it all. Mazazu, I want to shift gears a little bit because I want to actually congratulate you. So when I first met you, I remember you were really into Tamil cinema. Like, you're always passionate about it. And you used to talk to me about the work you were doing with uh, Whistle Adi on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And you've stayed consistent with it. And then now on your IG, like, you've blown up. Like, you're putting up crazy numbers on your videos, right? Appreciate it, man. Yeah, it's incredible to see. And it's like, and I know... Because I know you, I know it's not something that just happened overnight. Like, this has been years in the making. Like, you've always been passionate about it. And you used to show me videos on your phone of you recording the exact same content that you're posting on now. But now it's just really sticking, right? Yeah. So, 
what has that journey been like for you? You know, staying consistent and just being passionate about something and doing it because you just like it, not because you want something out of it. It's been a fun ride. There's ups and downs where, like, you know, I've been because I don't my team. Right, my team lives in Scarborough, and I'm. Oh, I live in like uh, first. I live in Brampton, and I'm at the Kitchener, yeah. and I'm in Woodstock. So the traveling, the sleepless night. There were days where every time we go watch a movie together as a team, we'd have to go all the way to like I have to drive all the way down to Scarborough, which is like a pretty much an hour drive every night. And the movie don't start to like 10 p.m. And sometimes the movies are most most of the time the movies are three hours. So I'm in yeah. there from 10 to one o'clock. After one o'clock, we have to go and sh- and review and-, and shoot our review. So I, sometimes I'm not even done till four o'clock at night, right? And I have to drive wow. all the way back to Brampton uh, and catch a little bit of sleep before I have to wake up and go to church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, it's it it was it's, it was you know the beginning was challenging because you know when I when you first hear the language, you're like, oh man, I I really don't even know what they're saying, understand what like like I can't even understand the tonality. But mm-hmm. now like. I can, I can, I can understand tonality. I, I still don't understand what they're saying. I still don't know the meanings of what they're saying because you know I, I haven't really taken a course on mm-hmm. Tamil. But because I'm so, I'm, I'm, I'm around it. I can, I can pick up a word that's being said, and know, and like I can actually say that word back, but I don't know what it means. So, because I'm so, because I'm, I'm, I've been in it for so long that like saying the words, it's actually easy. Or it's become easier. It's not easy. It's become easier. And like now, when I do um, my TikToks and do my Instagram reels, or when I'm listening to a song, when I hear a word, I can repeat it back. Right? It's easier now because uh, like my body's accustomed to hearing the words so often. And so like the journey has been like it's been fun. It's been challenging. It's been tiring. You know, my wife. Of course, my wife has supported me through it all. Even though they're like remember like throughout this time process like when i started i had one like my son was just born and through yeah. this whole entire time my wife has been home with all my kids and and it, now we're almost at five kids <laughs> so wow. it, it hasn't been it hasn't been the easiest journey but like it's it, it's been great and um a lot of like you know back and forth and of course my team has been supportive and they've they've taught me They've always gave me content, and again, Rajiv and his amazing wife, Pribs, they've just been amazing, and they're like they're like they're family to us, and they they just been amazing. What we call gurus, masters, teachers, and and they've yeah. been awesome in and showing me and teaching me and guiding me to be the, the person I am in in that in the in the Hollywood Tamil cinema. They they pretty much groomed me, you know, and and I thank them for that. And we're still a team. We're still continuing to push. We haven't found success yet. The following is there now, but, you know, success will come over uh, eventually when we keep pushing. And now, now, we're, now we're getting conversations with, with directors and stuff. We'll see where it goes. we see where it yeah. goes. But it's been, it's been crazy, man. It's been, it's been crazy because when we first took it to TikTok, our stuff, our content, it blew up. And then, of course, TikTok was banned in India. And so we just, just posted on our other uh, Instagram, Wissaladi Instagram page. And then one day I was like, you know, let me see what what would happen if I just post some of my TikToks stuff on on my own personal Instagram page, and I did, and apparently Instagram likes me, and so Instagram, <laughs> yeah, Instagram just sent my stuff all throughout everywhere, and I'm like, God damn, this is crazy. Um, and I start realizing I'm getting like a hundred 
followers per like videos uh, and like ah oh, this might go somewhere and then I kept doing more I kept doing more and I and I kept, and then all of a sudden it just blew up like within <laughs> two months I went from two thousand followers to like over a hundred thousand I'm like yeah. this is crazy bro it's so like it's and amazing. it's still going and yeah and the thing is like bro it's amazing to watch because like to the people who are just seeing your content and just catching on to it it's new it's exciting like they've never seen it before right right but for me i know that this is something that you have been doing for years so i literally watched the journey and i right, see right, it like right and i see it getting to this point so i know everything that's happening it's not happening by accident like this is just all those years of consistency and hard work now you're on the path to getting closer to where you want to be right early, right early, exactly like, yeah, because earlier you said, like, you know, it's not, like, you said you haven't found the success yet, but you're working towards it. Mm-hmm. Like, for me, the success is really in the journey. Right, so right. When you, like, when you stay consistent and you stay holding on to that passion, you keep doing the work. I think that's what the success is. It's just a consistency, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, never giving I, up, right? Never giving never up. Never giving up. Be true to you. Yeah, that is the success. Yes, you're right. Like, so when I see that, like, it, it's amazing to see, bro. And like, thank you. And man. Like, it's it, funny, man. like, because I think you had one post, and then I think I just wrote congratulations, <laughs> bro. I got, a, I got, I got a whole bunch of DMs after from people. Like, are you brown? Are you this? <laughs> like, like, some people that's because like, I, 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 I pinned you. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah, I pinned you. And like, you had like, you had like over almost a thousand likes on your uh, on your pinned comment. Okay, see, I didn't know that because I just like I just commented because I just saw my I, you're my friend, you know. I saw a thing, I commented, right? <laughs> it was a milestone. I think it's like what a hundred. You you posted, I reached a hundred thousand. So I'm like, yo, that's amazing. I, so I wrote congratulations, right? Yeah, yeah. And then, bro, I started getting like flooded with all these DM like message requests, like. But I didn't know no. that you pinned it, so now it makes sense. No, listen, listen. I, like, I, I, let me tell you something about the t- uh, the Tamil community, man. Once they fall in love with you, they will f- not leave you alone. They will love you endlessly, eternally. I can see like, that. And their love, their love is. I've never seen a community love it's people unwavering. so much. It's, it's unwavering. unwavering. It's unwavering. yes, yes. They, they, their love is so passionate. And it's, it's, um, it's incredible. It's, it's yeah. It's, it's I've never like my own people don't love me the way they love me. Right. And, yeah. And, and you know, that's, and that's the crazy, sorry, continue what you're saying. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll like, add to that after. Right. My own people don't love me the way they love me. Like my friends are like, Oh, why don't you do stuff for Africans? I'm like, Africans don't love me the way they love me. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't like, you know, I, I would do content for Africa. Even my last reel, uh, if you listen to it, it was, um, it was called Pila Pila and it has an Afro beat to it. And mm-hmm. so I, it was called, I, it's, it's called, it's all, Pila, 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 so that that song it literally sounds like an African music when you listen to it. So Afro X Tamil, and of course, I, even when I tagged, like uh, I did, I I I um I posted it. Only love I got was from the Tamil community, like you know what I'm yeah. saying. So so like again, it shows you where our how far we still have to grow to show love to our own people. Mm-hmm. Uh, like like the scripture says, you can't be a you can't you can't be a prophet in your own town, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, um, your home you you're not you, you can't be successful in your own country unless you go out. Once you find success, then they will love you, right? It's, Sad, it's, it's sad, but it's true. 
it is sad, but it's and it is kind of crazy. But you know what? I, I I'm at a place of just like acceptance. Like it is what it is, right? Because especially us, like you know, like me with this platform and me with my writing, and then you right. with your entertaining, your acting, right? Mm-hmm. We don't discrim- We don't discriminate. We just create what's genuine and authentic to us, and then right. It resonates with who it resonates with. Certain people gravitate more towards it than other people. Then, you know, like, that's just what it is. You know what I mean? That's just really what it is. So when I see stuff like, like, I'm, when I when I saw those message requests, I'm not saying it like in a complaining way. I just found it funny. Like, and it, and it, it made me realize, like, yeah, these guys, like, these are really passionate fans. Yeah. Like, they're really passionate about they're like they're really passionate about their culture they're passionate about their art and their entertainment and it it shows in the numbers bro yeah and and the reason why they love the content so much is because they see like you know an african um embracing their culture and and popularizing their 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 um their music their actors their culture and and you know, making it more mainstream for them gives them confidence in themselves. You know how many times they yeah. message me, I'm so proud of being a Tamilan. Thank you so much for, for embracing our culture. Like I'm so proud to to be Tamil a Tamilan and 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 you know, like every time I see those comments, I'm always so like, Wow, I you should always be proud of who you are, regardless of you know, anyone's uh, mm-hmm. st- uh, takes on who you, who they think you are. No, you should be proud of I'm proud to be an, a Nigerian, I'm proud to be a black man. You know, and I'm proud, and I'm proud to embrace their culture. You know, I'm I'm proud yeah. to I enjoy the music. I'm not shy away of enjoying the music. You know, yeah. like it's good song. It's it, you can dance to it. It you can vibe to it. I just enjoy the entertainment aspect of it. I love their actors, and you know, it's an industry. I'm an actor myself, so definitely, I, of course, I want to be in a movie there. So I'm gonna pursue my, my my dreams to be an actor, whether in in, in any industry, whether it's in Hollywood, which is Nigerian film industry, uh, Hollywood, which is Tamil industry, Hollywood, which is the American industry. doesn't matter. Like, I'm an actor. And, and right now, my, 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 my thing is to entertain my audience in the Tamil community. And also, like, when my agent sends me a self-tape, so I'm going to work on that and try to be successful for my family. It's, it's a great thing. You're not coming from a malicious place. Like, you're coming with a genuine appreciation and love for their culture. You see that show, The Simpsons, like that character Apu, right? Yeah, yeah. Any kid growing up saw that that character was problematic. Like, it was very stereotypical, right? (laughs) And it took them, like, what, how many decades for them to realize, like, he's a problematic character? But you had a, you have a genuine appreciation and love for the culture. So when you're, so when you're doing the work that you're doing, you're doing it to show your appreciation. You're doing it to show that love. And that's why you're getting all this love back. Yeah, and I'm also so, doing it to entertain them. It's, it's, I love them. So, oh, you make my day. Um, every time I'm having a bad day, I go and watch your videos, and it just cheers me up, and I appreciate that. Like, yeah, I do it. I I, I do it for for um, I do it for myself too because I yeah. actually enjoy doing it, you know. And and you know, I find a, a joy in, in the process and and creating these contents with them. And you know, and I know that like it's cheering them up, it's healing their soul. Cause let's face it, like you know, um, let's say in the, in like they're not they're not rich people in India, but they you know a lot of them come from a poor home and and a place where you know where where there's a lot of you know they're not they don't have the means uh, that everyone has access to. And so if if ent- the reason why they use entertainment is it's a good escape from their struggles, their daily struggles, and. And mm-hmm. if I if I if I can bring a little bit of joy in their life and and uh, happiness, 
yeah, you know, why not, right? It's it's not costing me anything. It's not costing them anything except for like data plans. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Right, so why why not bring a little bit of joy and happiness to people's life by the content that I do? Right, I I agree, bro. That's some powerful words, and I think we'll we'll end it right there. I appreciate it, man. Before we get going, is there anything that you want to mention to the audience? Anything that you want to throw out there and say? Yeah, man. Everyone support my boy Yusuf. Man, he's a good writer, a good human being with a great heart. Buy all his books. Go on Amazon. Just type in Yusuf, you know, uh, <laughs> you definitely will, will, will see all of his uh, wonderful books that you can purchase online. No, just, you know, follow follow his uh, social media. Um, he will let you all know what it is. Just continue to share love and support to, to him. With that being said, uh, I want to thank you guys all so much for for listening to this podcast and and embracing Yusuf and his content. He's a smart human being. Again, share this with your friends, your families. Uh, let them hear the conversations we're having. We're having real good conversations here. And, and not only that, um, again, I just want to thank you all for your continual support for me, for my family, for my friends, for my team. And, okay, of course, shout out to my wife for always, you know, allowing me to freely express myself. That's not easy to be married to a content creator. <laughs> we're always so busy and and working and doing stuff and thinking to ourselves and so on and so forth. But yeah, um, thank you all for tuning in and uh, and uh, hope you guys all subscribe to Vote Media and Publication podcast. And uh, yeah, man, that's that's all I have to say. And I definitely want to let you know, Yusuf, you're a real one. And thank you for always, you know, motivating me and inspiring me and encouraging me to continue to, you know, be myself and do the things that I love. And and hopefully it pays off eventually. I believe that it will, bro. But thank you for your kind words. I appreciate you, bro. You know, before, like, even outside the podcast, like, you know, we're good friends. We're brothers. You know what I mean? So that yeah, always, so that always comes first. You know what I mean? I want to see you do well. I want to see you thrive. And it's always it's always positivity and love, bro. So I, I really appreciate you, bro. Yeah, man, no doubt, man. We got we to gotta, uh, go grab a bite soon. Definitely, bro. We'll make it happen. All right. Sounds good, man. Thanks for having yeah. me. Yeah, likewise, bro. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Wire to Wire podcast. Be sure to share and subscribe. Appreciate the support. Until next time.